Podcast, a podcast produced by the College of Applied Science and Technology at Illinois State University. I'm your host, Kara Snyder, and I serve as the Assistant Dean of Marketing, Communications, and Constituent Relations for the College. Each episode, we're sitting down with an alum of the college, and today we have a chance to talk to Kyle Airy. Kyle is an alum of the Department of Agriculture and currently serves as the Vice President of Quality and Operations for Link Marketing. Thank you, Kara. It's a, it's a pleasure. So let's just start at the beginning. Why did you choose ISU? What brought you here? Well, ISU was was an easy decision for me when it came right down to it. I grew up um, in central Illinois uh, on a diversified grain and livestock farm, um, attended a, a small high school that had about uh, 350 students in the entire high school. Um, so as I made my rounds visiting other campuses throughout the Midwest, um, it was a, a really big gap for, for me to overcome coming from a small high school where I knew everyone in the entire high school, not just those in my class, um, to venturing onto a campus that seemed like a small city. So uh, ISU, when I, when I, I was kind of in our neck of the woods, um, I was familiar with uh, the programs, some of the faculty I had run into at local county fairs and, and different events um, locally. And so ISU really just kind of felt more like a continuation of my high school career. And it was just turned out to be a fantastic fit for me. Rather And, you know, I was able to have a little more of perhaps a personal experience with with many of the faculty and, and you know, could be more to the program than just uh, another student uh, enrolled in the, a particular course path. I love that. And I think that's that's so interesting. And it's so great to hear because I think that's one of ISU's hallmarks is that our students feel like they are more than just a number. They really feel like they have a home here. And it's so nice to hear that from an alum, that that was you know, the experience that brought you here and then the experience that you had while you were here. So that that's great to hear. So what made you pick agriculture? How did you end up in that department? Yeah, so so agriculture, you know, kind of right from from, you know, my my beginning in high school, I was very active um, both in the this Illinois state 4-H and FSA programs. Uh, so and and growing up, agriculture was very much a part of uh, every aspect of my life. As I said, you know, growing up on a diversified grain and livestock farm, um, you know, agriculture was very near and dear to my heart. Um, I initially um, did consider uh, an agribusiness career. I knew that maybe farming wasn't the only aspect of agriculture that I needed to be open to. Um, I did consider uh, an agribusiness degree, but, you know, deep down, I, I found my true passion lied within the livestock side of agriculture. Um, and so through various courses, through various conversations, um, while at Illinois State University, I, I, I found the courage, I guess, is probably a good way to say it, to pursue my true passion and go down the path of uh, animal agriculture um, while at ISU. So I did change my major from agribusiness to uh, animal science and you know, haven't, haven't looked back. 
Um, but and I, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more down down our conversation here. But uh, you know, my, my career path has certainly been a little bit interesting. But uh, you know, I'm I'm certainly unique in that you know, animal agriculture has taught me a lot and has definitely enabled me to to you know get to where I am today. Yes, and I can't wait to hear more. Before we jump to your career, though, tell me a little bit about your time on campus. Were you in the residence halls? Were you involved in any student organizations? What was that time like for you? Yeah, I, I was. I jumped right in. Um, you know, I, I was very much involved in a variety of different clubs and organizations, um, both through the the, the college, uh, some of their RSOs, as well as um, was was a member of one of the the fraternities, uh, farmhouse fraternity that you know definitely affiliates itself strongly with the with the d- d- department and agricultural roots. Um, but it was I found it to be more than just you know a group of folks that you know came from agricultural backgrounds. There were a variety of majors and a variety of individuals that you know I learned a lot from and, and helped me grow as a person. You know, interacting with others and, and learning to appreciate a multitude of perspectives and backgrounds. Um, but, you know, I think the, the value uh, while on campus there as part of the RSOs and serving on, you know, the, the leadership teams of some of those organizations taught me a, a tremendous amount about how to deal with others, how to, you know, set goals and, and rally around those goals to to, to meet objectives and um, bring folks along, um, how to compromise, how to overcome adversity. A lot of those life skills, I think we could, we could probably talk all afternoon about those lists of, of benefits from being involved with those RSOs. But, you know, I think the bottom line really is not only did I learn a lot about life that ultimately prepared me for a successful career, but along the way, I was able to bank just numerous memories that, you know, even, even today, as I, as I, you know, sit here talking about it, some memories come to mind and and those are, you know, ideas and memories that, you know, will be with me for, 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 for quite some time, I hope. I love that, and I think that's what's really special about the Department of Ag, but probably also ISU as a whole, the offering of these student organizations where, you know, if one is not a good fit, there is one that probably is right for you, and you can really find that home and take advantage of the opportunity to participate in those leadership positions and start to learn those transferable skills that I think really apply to any career. So I'm glad to hear that was your experience. What do you miss the most about that time? I think, you know, in the moment, it seemed like there was a lot going on, right? Because of my involvement through those organizations, you know, juggling, you know, my drive to, to, to achieve and, and be successful in my various courses that, that I was taking, you know, it always seemed like there was a lot going on. In hindsight, you know, I think, you know, hindsight maybe being 2020, the reality was that that was a really good time and, you know, where the some of the pressures of the real world didn't quite necessarily come into play yet. And it was an opportunity to learn and to grow. Uh, and, and I was able to take advantage of so much that if I had to, to try and be invo- involved in all of the things that I used to be, 
while now juggling, you know, the demands of, of a career as well as, um, you know, time with my, that my family requires, it would be near impossible. So I think that's, that's the part that I, I maybe miss the most is just some of that freedom to just, you know, grow and learn and develop. Um, and, and, you know, ISU in that time of, of one's life is, you know, really fantastic. And I'm not sure one can truly appreciate how special it is until it's, it's passed by. I, I totally agree. That makes perfect sense to me. So tell me about you switched from agribusiness to animal science. You found your passion. What does that initial job search look like for you? Yeah. So, so after my time at Illinois State University, I pursued um, work on my master's degree um, in ruminant nutrition. So I left the, 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 the left campus uh, and ventured to Lexington, Kentucky uh, to, to work on my master's there at the University of Kentucky. Um, and that and that in itself was was a big jump, but but one that, you know, I, I really, you know, am proud of myself for making because it's it's it really kind of started me on my my career path that, you know, was, you know, just taking steps incrementally, one thing leading to another. Um, and, and that was one of those. So getting to the, the University of Kentucky to, to, to work on my master's degree really um, was, was kind of that, that next step. Uh, and from there, then I, you know, kind of entered the, the workforce uh, in looking for a job. I was very fortunate, um, you know, after we're having worked on my master's and, and had, having been a, in involved, in, as involved at, in the, the RSOs and the leadership positions and, you know, having a good grasp on the general ag industry, um, you know, I found that the search for my first role was relatively easy. Um, I had many connections through my time in 4-H and in FFA, and it really was pretty simple. Um, and I would say that, you know, the networking aspect of, you know, meeting folks and letting folks know what your interests are and having conversations around, you know, kind of where your passions might lie and, and what your career or job aspirations look like paid dividends for, for me. So after the University of Kentucky, I was fortunate to um, land a, a position with Land Lakes Purina. And so from Lexington, Kentucky, I made the big move to the frozen tundra of uh, Minneapolis and joined um, the, the formulation team at Land Lakes. Okay, so I want to talk about how you mentioned networking, which I think is so interesting because I do think for students, sometimes that word by itself can sound intimidating. So how did you have the confidence at that point early on in your career, maybe even as a student, how did you have the confidence to start building your network? Did you have a strategy? What got that started for you? Sure, I, I think it's one of those things that that while we think about it and looking back, it, it all made sense and all kind of came together. I don't know that it's something that you can necessarily force. What I, for me, I, if I had to give advice to someone today, it would probably look like just 
seize the opportunities that are in front of you. Don't let anything pass by. You know, if there's the career fair, make a point to stop by and visit and and talk to the representative at each of the tables, um, even though it may not necessarily align today. You know, the, the world, when it comes down to it, is a, is a very small place. And you never know where paths might cross or how someone might interact with, with you in the future. Um, so having those conversations wherever you can um, is, is just great. And, and be genuine, right? Make friends and be out, you know, sharing what your interests are and, and talking about the things that you're doing and the things that you would like to do and, and find those those areas of commonality um, because those are, those are what truly build relationships and it's through relationships that ultimately the networking kind of happens. Oh, a friend of a friend. Hey, I know this person that might be a great fit for the, the exact role that you're looking to fill. It may not be a direct relationship that gets you the, the opportunity to interview or land a position. Um, but it's, it all comes together cohesively as a network, right? And so I think seizing the moment and not letting anything um, go past you is, is very important. And it, it really doesn't have to be strenuous or, you know, exhaustive or shouldn't be a daunting task that one approaches, but, but rather just, you know, if there if there's the career fair, go and go and meet people. If there's something you know, an event at the the, the farm local farm bureau is putting on a seminar, go and and spend a few minutes, learn a little bit, and and meet some folks with that are there. And it could that, those, some of those conversations start off so inconspicuously as, hey, what's your name? What are you studying? How's the weather? Right, and, and that's how those conversations start. But, you know, the, the really special relationships then, for whatever reason, kind of bloom and blossom and, and can really pay dividends. And you probably won't necessarily realize the dividends they pay until, again, you're, you're further down your career path and looking back because hindsight is twenty twenty. Well, and I love what you said about building relationships and how important that is, because I think, you know, especially for students at times, they hear the word networking and I think they think they have to have a suit and tie on and they have to exchange business cards. And it's really not that formal. You know, it is that relationship building that's so valuable and you're doing that all day, every day. It might not be with somebody wearing a suit. It might be with the classmate to your left. So I think that's really important. And I love how you describe that. So my next question for you is, you've talked about animal science, you've talked about ruminant nutrition. And when I introduced you, I introduced you as the Vice President of Quality and Operations for Blink Marketing. So tell me how you got from point A to point B or C or however you would describe your current position. Absolutely, and, and with great pleasure. I mean, this is this is one of my 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 favorite stories to tell. And you know, if if I think back to you know the the early two thousands when when I was was on campus there, um, I'm dating myself a little bit, but um, I, I could not have been creative enough to map out the. The progression and, and path that my career has taken. So I did share that, you know, obviously when I left the University of Kentucky uh, there in Lexington, Kentucky, I, I did um, make the move to Minneapolis, St. Paul to join Land O'Lakes um, 
in their feed division, which is which is Purina Feeds, um, and and joined their formulation team. So I, I joined there, leveraging my my animal science and cattle um, background and not and education uh, to develop rations. So while there, I was responsible for their custom business, which entailed. Um, helping producers meet specific production challenges um, related to their scenarios. So I was putting together special diets that um, would would help address mainly um, cattle on pasture across the country. Um, Maybe they had health concerns. Maybe they had specific growth um, targets that they were looking to achieve. Whatever the case may be, if there wasn't an off-the-shelf product uh, that specifically met their needs. I was there to help them build a, a custom program and a custom product to uh, meet those objectives. In addition to managing those custom products, I had the opportunity to work with several of the, the largest feed yards in the country. So if, while at Purina, I was, was formulating diets and, and putting together products to support um, you know, some of the, the feed yards um, scattered across the, the Midwest um, and, and North Texas region, um, and those, head, those, those yards that, worked, that I worked with specifically were 10,000 head or greater. So some of the biggest feed yards in the country uh, I was fortunate to, to work with. Um, so in that role, I learned a lot. Definitely, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, you have to kind of build up your confidence, right? There were a lot of things that I had to learn on the fly. I definitely relied on, on many of the basics and those foundational principles that, that I had learned while at ISU and, and in other places from, from an educational aspect. But the reality is that that first job, it, it, it's a little scary. It really is because there's no cookbook or way to know everything that you need to know in that role. Um, but you just, you kind of, you know, have the perseverance um, you kind of draw on your work, a strong work ethic and a commitment to, to succeed and, and survive. And you just take it one day at a time, one step at a time and, and figure out the things that you need to know. And, and it, it all kind of works out. So from that role, it, there came an opportunity because I was developing products, because I was familiar with all of the ingredients, because I was familiar with the production side of manufacturing the products that Purina was selling, um, there was an opportunity to, to jump over onto the other, uh, a different aspect of the business, which was on their packaging. So, you know, uh, packaging is, is, was, was critical and, and very important and near and dear to the heart of the marketing team, because that's the first, in many cases, interface between the consumer and the product that, um, that happens. And so in, in this time, uh, Purina, uh, Land O'Lakes was, was transitioning their packaging materials. And because of my knowledge on the, the formula, formulary side of things, as well as the, the manufacturing process, they asked me to, to join the, the, the packaging team and kind of head up the conversion to uh, a new package structure, uh, working closely with the, with the, the manufacturing plants, working with the packaging suppliers, as well as the, you know, other nutritionists on staff that, uh, you know, we're building some of those off-the-shelf retail-ready type products. 
Um, so from there, uh, there, to say the conversion was was easy would be uh, a, very much an understatement. Uh, there were some bumps in the road, and, and I learned a lot about you know bringing folks along and how to then you know make adjustments and make modifications to satisfy not only the efficiency requirements of our of, of the production plants, but also to um, go ahead and you know, work with the packaging suppliers to optimize their package because they were learning um, at the same time. They were accustomed to an alternate style of packaging and, and had just entered into the market of this new style package. So brought them along. So that kind of was my initial foray into quality. And from there, um, I had the opportunity to, 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 to join Mars uh, Pet Care on on and joined their supplier quality assurance team. So after Land O'Lakes, I, I made the move down to um, Franklin, Tennessee, and from, from Minneapolis there, and joined uh, Mars Pet Care. And as a supplier quality assurance scientist, I was on the front line, um, helping them develop new ingredients, working with their suppliers and their supply chain to optimize efficiency and to enhance the quality of the ingredients going into each of their pet food products. Um, so from, you know, I spent my time traveling the, the country, um, learning um, processes, you know, all the way from, you know, how is how is chicken processed? How how are um, chickpeas in you know Canada harvested and processed? You, know, you you name it. You know, just go down the the ingredient list of any of your pet food products. Um, I had the opportunity to 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 be in those facilities, all the way from the farmer producer all the way through to delivery and processing um, at the Mars um, production facility. And so I learned a lot. And in that role, we were constantly having conversations around optimizing and how do we make things different? How do we make things better? And it was always a mutual conversation. So I've really enjoyed the, the learning as well as the, you know, the continuous improvement. After my time with Mars uh, Pet Care, I did have then the opportunity to, um, to join Blink Marketing. Um, while at Mars, uh, one of the special projects that I worked on was uh, how they branded and used promotional marketing materials. And, and I helped develop and, and roll out a standard at Mars that was all around brand guidelines and ensuring that the, the right items were being selected to carry their logos into the marketplace and that consumers weren't you know, put in any harm etc. Um, so because of that knowledge, when I was looking to leave Mars, um, I was approached by Blink Marketing to, to join their team to bring the, the Mars insights and the, my knowledge of quality as well as um, promotional products to, to their business and help them take their quality program to the next level. Um, and so in that role, we've, we've done a lot in, you know, traveling the world, uh, working with factories in, in China and in Europe and across the U.S. to outline a, a quality standard that is, you know, at the top echelon of the industry. Uh, promotional products really hadn't been under uh, the, the guise of uh, 
tremendous regulation like automotive or medical devices, et cetera. And so it kind of just all fit together. Um, and, and my role has continued to, to grow as I've advanced in the organization, not just from my initial quality requirements and, and obligations, but now to, to leading an operations team that, that's multifaceted. So sorry to take so long, Kara. I, I apologize for the, for the long story, but I promise that was a, a bit of an abbreviated version. Not at all. No apology necessary. I find it fascinating and I have to share that, you know, one of my least favorite interview questions is when people ask, where do you see yourself in five years? Because while I think it's really good to have goals, I also think that that question has the potential to close you off to opportunities. And I have to imagine that, you know, when you started at Lando Lakes, you didn't see yourself doing what you're doing now. And I think that's really interesting. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. That, the five-year question, we always have to have, you know, a goal and aspiration and be working in a direction all the time. Um, I think that's a key to success. But ultimately, you're exactly right. It truly is a best guess in the moment. So tell me more about, you know, when you were working on the packaging, when you're working with all these different teams, what did that teach you about, you mentioned bringing people along, what did that teach you about change management? What lessons are you bringing with you into your current role from that experience? Yes, you know, I think the bringing teams together, um, especially when you have competing priorities, which is you know, sometimes very common in in real world or in the workplace. Um, I I learned kind of how you, you know, work through and to find those commonalities. I think we we mentioned it when we were talking about networking that, you know, finding common ground is the basis for building, you know, working strong relationships. And so I think that was probably the number one principle that really resonated the most with me as I would, you know, approach a project or, you know, the next phase or next step or maybe even just a stumbling block on our, in, in, in our current work was, you know, kind of going between the teams and playing the, the middle just to understand, okay, embrace their perspective, try and learn where they're coming from and, and how they're thinking about X, Y, Z, and doing the same for, you know, the, for, for, for myself and for others as well. And then trying to kind of synthesize that to be, okay, great. Now we know all of the factors, if you will. And so how, where, how do we compromise? How do we have a productive conversation around, okay, what is the true priority? And then what are those night must-haves? And then you kind of work down the list to the, you know, the, the secondary grouping, which would be more or less a, a nice to have. And just being open and, and honest and, and working really hard to understand the perspective of others, right? So the you know, if the relationship is genuine and there is that feeling of, oh, no, I'm not being told I have to, I'm not being forced into anything, it really becomes a mutual, hey, I want to do this, I want to help you, you want to help me. Um, and that approach has helped me be so successful. You know, as I think about traveling the country, 
um, you know, auditing and evaluating production facilities. Um, you know, who am I to go into, you know, a large business and say, maybe you're not doing X quite right. Have you thought about one, two, three, right? I'm just an outside person. So you kind of have to find a way to artfully deliver that message, right? In a way that resonates, that you can inspire and and drive the, the change that ultimately you're looking for. But the reality is that change won't happen unless, you know, they kind of want to make that change. So how do you kind of bring that forward and create the environment that, you know, they're, they're open to the idea, they listen, and after some consideration, you know, there's, there's good dialogue and conversation. And maybe, you know, the recommendation wouldn't be perfect, um, but there, you could find a, some commonality or a compromise that ultimately was still a step forward from where they maybe were in the past. That makes perfect sense. And tell me, how do you use some of those principles now? You said you oversee the operations team. So what is your leadership philosophy? Are you using some of those same communication principles now in your leadership role? I do. Um, so I spend, a, I try to spend a, a lot of time with, with my team. Um, more or less, I'm always available as a friend, I'm always available to, to lend an ear, to listen, to be a sounding board, at, to help them kind of process through and develop their plans as they look to, you know, find common ground and overcome challenges that, that may exist on their respective desks. Um, you know, by, by no means do I ever try to, to micromanage. I, I truly want to more or less mentor and give, provide a space for, for growth and development. It, unless you can kind of develop some of those skills and, and make those skills your own, you never really become proficient. I mean, we, we, I could certainly sit down with individuals and tell them, do one, two, three, X, Y, Z. But the reality is it almost then just becomes a habit and it's not ingrained in who they are and how they approach things because unless the situation is exactly with what, what they were told, they don't know how to apply it. And I think that's one of the big learnings is, you know, you take some of these skills, you refine different aspects of them, but really you learn to how to apply parts and pieces of different things, almost in a puzzle fashion into a particular scenario that you're, you're encountering. Um, because every situation is a little bit different. And so drawing on those past experiences and having toolkit of skills is just invaluable and critical to success in the workplace. Absolutely. So you mentioned travel, you mentioned you lead the operations team. I think, you know, you have a lot going on. If I asked you to describe a typical day in the life, what would you tell me? <laughs> well, a, a, a day in the life is me never being very far from either uh, the telephone or, or email, um, you know, but, you know, and, but I, I do try very hard to balance um, personal time as well as business. So, 
you know, during business hours, for, for me, I'm very much a, a, more, a morning person. And, you know, so I, I'm fortunate that I can kind of get a lot of my desk cleared off before the office um, comes in and, and get their day started so that I'm available more or less in a support capacity. And many of my, uh, my true obligations for the day have been taken care of. Um, and then, but, you know, I'll spend time in, in staff meetings, uh, being a part of the executive team. Obviously, there's a fair number of, of strategy type conversations, the, the reviews of performance uh, of the business and, and some of that, that strategy work um, that, that's always going on. Um, I'm having, you know, pulled into different supplier conversations, whether it be, you know, negotiating the next contract or talking about, you know, opportunities for growth and, and, and business development, some of those kinds of things. Um, and then obviously I've got the quality side uh, that rolls up to me as well, which then, you know, it's, hey, there's, there's maybe been a little hiccup or maybe there's an opportunity to do things differently or do things better. Um, and, and how do we not necessarily put a Band-Aid on it now? How do we truly prevent it from happening and reoccurring in the future? So those are the, the types of conversations that really make up my day categorically. Obviously, there's, you know, small things here and there that get sprinkled in occasionally. But, you know, if, if I, as I think about the, the normal categories of my day, those are the types of conversations um, and then I'd be remiss if I didn't mention finally, and probably the, the biggest category where I spend my time is with the people. I said, in, you know, in that mentoring role, uh, managing people um, is a lot of work. Um, it's, it's very rewarding, but it, it, it does take time and you have to be personally committed to, you know, the success of everyone on your team to, to, to really be a good manager um, or people leader. And so I, I take that to, to heart and try to make myself as, as available as possible to support them um, in their career journey as they grow and develop short term, you know, serving, serving the business and, and the role that they're in, but ultimately, you know, trying to prepare for their next opportunity that's, that's coming at them down the road. Oh, I think that's great. And I'm, I'm sure the people on your team feel that, you know, I think that helps create a really impactful, highly functioning work environment when you have a supervisor that is that committed to your success. So congratulations to you, because I'm sure that helps create that great environment for your people to come to work every day. So listening to you talk about this now, I'm curious, what is your favorite part of your job? You know, it's a multifaceted job that you have what is your favorite part my favorite part is the is the learning so i think from you know back to, to to my college days you know just like when you select that course out of the course catalog you kind of have an idea of what it's about but until you're in it you really don't know and so i think that's my favorite part of of learning that it of, of my job is the learning. It's, you know, going into an area that I might know just a little bit about. I know what the title is. I know what the gist might be, but then it's really just exploring to figure out how something works. How can we make it different? How can we make it better? Or how could it work for me? Or, or the, and by me, I, 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 I say the business. Um, 
but that that is my favorite part. It's the ongoing learning that um, for for me that's that's the most gratifying and satisfying aspect of my role. Oh, that's awesome. Well, on the flip side of that, I'm curious, what is the most challenging thing about your job? <laughs> well, I, I probably could have took the easy way out and said um, the 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 variety right um, could be the the most interesting and the most challenging um, but I think that the but that is the the truly the most challenging part of my role so on the quality side I head up the the compliance um, and, and regulatory aspect of of the products that that you know we send into the marketplace and keeping abreast of all of the regulations and making sure that you know not only are the members of my team um, up to speed on those, but also our production facilities and production partners are fully versed in, in those requirements as well. So it, that is probably the most challenging part. It, spends a, it takes a lot of time to get through some of the, the regulations all, you know, as FDA or the Consumer Product Safety Commission, as they roll out new guidelines, you know, trying to understand all of the details and, and fine print of what a regulation entails and how it applies to the, the variety of products that we produce and send into the marketplace is, is definitely challenging. Oh, I bet. I bet. So I am curious if there is a student listening that is interested in blank marketing after hearing you talk about it, how would they get involved with your company? Does your company offer internships? Do they hire, you know, a fair amount of entry-level positions? What would that look like? For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mid-sized company um, located just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, we've got a variety of roles, um, all the, kind of the gamut from, you know, the roles that, you know, roll up under me on my team on the operation side, whether it be, you know, project management or warehousing logistics to e-commerce and, and web store um, details to, um, you know, your traditional sales type roles. Um, we've, we've got a variety of positions. We absolutely love to have interns in. We typically try to have um, an intern or two in the in the mix, um, kind of year round, if, if they're available, and depending on, on what schedules allow. Uh, but for for sure, during the summer, we we always have interns. Um, and then, as far as entry level positions, there are a few um, that, as those roles become available, you know, we love to hire um, you know, fresh graduates that you know are bringing their their college knowledge with them um, and and ready to. You know, embark on a on a fresh career journey uh, with Blink, and you know, there's there's obviously some foundational principles. You know that 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 strong work ethic and a positive outlook and attitude can carry you a long way, rather regardless of kind of what your background is. If you have those two things, you know, we found that you know that's foundational, and, and we can almost teach an individual to be successful in just about any role provided they have those two things. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, we are going to finish with a speed round, which is, you know, my favorite part. I love to hear what people say when they just go with their first instinct on these questions. Uh, so I did hear you say that you're a morning person. So tell me, do you favor coffee, tea, or something else entirely? 
Uh, I am a coffee person. How do you take it? Black or I, fancy? Uh, I, I drink my coffee black. So I guess I, I acquired, never, you know, ventured into, you know, flavored creamers or anything crazy like that. Um, so I just, I guess coffee black is, is, is the way it goes. Fair enough. Tell me, what's your favorite holiday? Um, Christmas is, is my favorite holiday. Uh, I always enjoyed getting gifts um, and, and giving gifts. And now that I have a family, um, the, the excitement and anticipation of Christmas with, with my younger kids, um, hands down, Christmas is my favorite. Yeah, it's a very special time, that's for sure. What's the last thing you watched on TV? Or do you watch TV? Maybe I should start there. Uh, I don't, I rarely watch much TV. So usually I have um, some, some publications that I'll, I'll, I'll follow. I'll try to catch the, the evening news if time permits, but that's about the extent of, of television that, that, that I catch. Fair enough. You listen to podcasts or music? Any, any good recommendations? You know, I, I do listen to occasional podcasts here and there. Uh, my, my favorite go-to um, you know, just because my, my day-to-day job takes me outside of, of the ag industry, I, I really enjoy listening to Successful Farming Daily. Um, it kind of gives me a, a little bit of a, a taste of what the current themes and trends are in, in agriculture, from kind of the, the news stories to, you know, the markets, et cetera. So that, that's my favorite go-to podcast, if, as time permits. I love that. It kind of brings everything full circle for us. What's the best trip you've ever taken? Um, the best trip that I ever took. Um, I had the opportunity uh, to go to Arizona uh, for some scientific meetings. And I paired that with, since I was in the close proximity to a visit to the, the Grand Canyon. And that was, uh, was just a fantastic experience. The, if, if you Anyone that's seen the Grand Canyon or seen photos can, can kind of understand how breathtaking it, and beautiful it can be. Uh, to, to be there in person um, for, for me was, was definitely uh, top of my list. Nice. So this next one I think is hard. If you could have an unlimited supply of one thing, what would it be? I think for me, it would be time. I think that's, that's the one thing that... If, I always seem to, to come short, come up short with is, is time. Um, whether it be a few extra minutes to spend with family, whether it be just a few more minutes before the next meeting or conference call, whether it be, you know, a few more minutes maybe before I have to catch my next flight. That, that would be the, the, the one thing that I, I wish I could carry around in my pocket and just, you know, sprinkle out from time to time. Great answer. Well, and the last question is kind of hard too. Avanti's gondola or pub cheese balls? <laughs> I love that. I love that question. So anytime I'm back uh, and have the opportunity, I love to uh, to swing by Avanti's gondola, hands down for me. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being here, Kyle. It was great to talk to you. I appreciate all the advice you were able to give us and give our students that are listening. Um, that was Kyle Ehring, the Vice President of Quality and Operations for Blink Marketing. 
Join us next time on the podcast for more stories from our cast alumni.